You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Sovereign Self is about individual empowerment and freedom. In exploring this sovereign self, our discussions will encompass self-love, oneness, and diverse spiritual understandings as life is a journey of expansion which never ends. Join author Martin Neil Campbell, trainer and business facilitator Karen Murphy, and spiritual archaeologist Ron Mayer as their discussions help lead their listeners into an ever-expanding journey of peace, love, joy, and freedom to become who you desire and be your sovereign self. Welcome to Sovereign Self. I am your host, Martin Neil Campbell, and your two fabulously divine and absolutely wonderful co-hosts, as always, are... Ron Mayer and Karen Murphy. Say hello, guys. Hello, everybody. Hey, folks. How are you? Yes, indeed. I hope everyone is in a good mood because we've got great news on the program. So, for the two weeks from July 26th to August 8th, there is a new set of energies coming through that are going to be quite fabulous in many ways. For these two weeks, I would say that astrologically speaking, they say it's a time of deep work, possibility for great works in your life, and great life changes. It's a very positive time. It's a time of love, and it's a time to come from the heart, especially when we hit the new moon on August 2nd. It's a time where we should be purging our past, moving from one end of the energies to the other, which we will be doing these during these weeks, and they'll actually be moving the energies that are coming through to one of the highest points we've ever seen. This means we apparently are going to have less restrictions, much time through these days to get back on track where we want to go in our life, especially coming from your heart and moving forward. You'll still have time to move through your shadow self. You can't ignore that. But once you get over each hurdle to do with your shadow self and recognize it and move forward, it'll be much easier to move past that and into creating a new you in many ways as those dominoes fall off. You're here. But when you get through, they say it will be wonderful. Awesome. Yes, indeed. But you have to let go of the anger. You have to move to your heart. And it has been a great time of anger on a lot of fronts. It is a time to move forward with your major life changes and move in a new direction. It's time to decide through your heart where you're going. And it's time to celebrate us moving towards ascension. Great shifts are happening, going to happen. It is a time to move with them, shift to a new heart-centered you. It is a time to embrace who you fully are. On July 26th, we entered into what's called the Planetary New Year. It is usually a typically annual Mayan celebration where the planet begins a new spiral of galactic evolution in alignment with the central sun. It's also the Lion's Gate portal, and it opens once a year as well. It is a time of a powerful influx of huge energies. At this moment, there is a window of light that, if you wish, you can move up to a new expanded level. 
And it's a time of blessings and creative abundance. That's what it all comes down to. It is a time to move with the energies, give thanks, and connect internally with peace and harmony in your heart. It is literally a time to move within into your own peace and harmony from your heart. Don't worry so much about peace and harmony on the earth or in your community. Move into yourself and find peace and harmony in your heart for you. Move away from the turmoil of the world for the next week. Demonstrate mastery and your sovereign self. Manifest love, peace, and harmony in and around you. And if you do that, apparently if you're already fully ensconced, is the right word, Ron? (laughs) In the fifth dimension, being there, you'd have to be partially into the sixth as well. That if you do this at this time and you're already fully in the fifth, you will be able to move into the seventh dimension as well. And that is what some have called the dimension of mastery. So it's an interesting interesting time indeed that this is one of the first times we've been given this ability en masse Mm. for those that are at that point in the fifth dimension to move up to the seventh as well. So very, very interesting. And I guess that at that point, I know, Ron, you have some further insights into the fifth, sixth, and seventh dimension. If it's all right with you, Karen, I'll let Ron take it from there. Sure. Well, you've opened up a huge amount of new information probably for our listeners with regards to where this new energy is about ready to take the human race and those who have been doing the spiritual work and have been preparing for this particular moment, let's say, in their personal ascension uh, abilities. Now, what the seventh dimension is all about. It's interesting, Martin, that you you state that the seventh dimension is entry into a statehood called mastery. And in fact, many of the ascended masters that are currently part of the channel movement, for instance, on the planet, many of these masters, in order to claim this mastery, needed to actually embrace the seventh dimension in order to be able to ascend from the first harmonic universe, or density one, which contains dimensions one, two, and three, which is currently where most of humanity is currently right now, into the second density, which is dimensions four, five, and six. Many of those masters are actually fifth dimensional beings. But in order for them to claim this mastery of the first density dimensions one, two, and three, fully move into density two, which is four, five, and six, they would absolutely need the seventh dimensional access. Consciousness is always one dimension above the physical experience that you are having. So once you have officially entered the seventh dimension, once your consciousness is is being stationed within the seventh dimension, you have physical access to the sixth dimension, which is part of what mastery in the fifth dimension is all about. With the seventh dimension, you will then have access and full capability of of experiencing dimensions four, five, and six. When you have that, the experience of being in the fifth density has become full. 
without that seventh dimension, you're still working towards a full experience in the fifth dimension because you're still working on your sixth dimensional consciousness level. I find it very interesting that during this period that those humans who have indeed been working diligently with raising their frequencies, if they can begin to move into the seventh density, they will have full second density experience in the dimensions four, five, and six. Mm -hmm. I know you have thoughts on that from what, how do I put it, what abilities, what openness of consciousness can create from those dimensions? Mm -hmm. These would be called the apartheid. Technically speaking, you we're, we operate currently with the five known senses. You have taste, touch, feeling, um, sight, and hearing. Those are basically the, the five senses that we currently operate. Then once you get into the second density, where you're talking about dimensions four, five, and six, we begin to add additional sensory capabilities. The, the full crystal body, the full activated crystal body of the human form contains 12 dimensions. We would necessarily actually have 12 sensory perception or sensory tools that we would use in order to observe our external realities with. Once we start with the seventh dimension, more people will have access to clear audience, which is be able to hear the entities within the higher dimensions. Clairvoyance will be something that will be beginning to be developed. It's not typically until you actually get into the full eighth to ninth dimension where full teleportation abilities begin, but people will begin to develop the ability to actually slide their consciousness will be able to slide from one density to the next. So visitations, for instance, to the fifth dimension and higher will become available to certain people. But the fact that they won't be able to actually physically take their bodies with them, at this point, when you glide and you slide, what you're doing is you're, you're taking your dark matter body along the journey. But it's not something that you could permanently go from one density to the next with just yet. So sliding will also be something that will be made available for some of these people, which will be very exciting. You'll be able to visit some of these platforms within the dark matter body of the earth that are what are called ascension stations. When you can visit some of these, these places, they are apparently magnificent places of higher, higher learning and are indeed inhabited by very high level beings. Now, <clears throat> Excuse me. The one thing I want to say is that at this time, with this portal, there are a limited number of people on the planet who have gotten fully to the fifth and will be able to do this. Yes. But it won't be the first time this will be available. Uh, sorry, it won't be the last time this is available. It will no. only be the first time this is available mm -hmm. and on a big scale. In order to move yourself to where you can do this the next time it comes through, it's very important, as I said earlier, to let go of your anger, move to your heart. It's time to make those major shifts in your life and take a new direction from the heart. As we always say, love and heart is at the center, and it always will be at the center. That is where people have to move to. And of course, as we know, in these times, there is very much anger, animosity towards others, whether it's political or race or a thousand different things. It could even be more personal. 
We have to let these things go and move from the heart. Mm -hmm. If you truly want to ascend and move in to expand yourself into higher dimensions, that's one of the major things we have to do. It's interesting because that's exactly what I have typically been doing with regards to the spiritual work that I've been you know, very focused on over the last three to four months. And just recently, uh, Martin, you, all, you know this, I think, Karen, you also know, I have actually changed my entire living space mm -hmm. in my apartment. Mm -hmm. I have gotten rid of all old furniture and have replaced the entire place with new furniture. And it was interesting, the other day I was just sitting here feeling a little bit at odds with the, the new frequencies that the place was emitting mm -hmm. and not yet quite comfortable with it. Mm. Because the change has been so dramatic, especially over the last three to four weeks, mm -hmm. that what I've got now it ha has completely shifted. It's like I've let go of a lot of old, old, old stuff that potentially was having the effect of, of anchoring me to the old energies. Mm -hmm. And with the letting go of this, there is a certain feeling that I get where it's a little bit discombobulating is how I'm putting it, because so much has, for me, has uh, has been let go that all of the old familiar stuff is no longer present. Hmm. There is a gap still, a huge gap hmm. between these energies that Martin that you're talking about coming in and beginning to wash through the new place or altar that I have prepared for this and where it is right now. It's almost like like I've got my engines on idle and I'm ready to shift it into first gear, but I haven't quite got there yet. You know what mm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Thoughts, Karen? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. Are I you guys ready it. for this? Are you yep. guys ready for this? I am. I think many of us have been feeling this turmoil. And when I say turmoil, I think it's exciting turmoil. Oh. But we've already been feeling it. And in Martin's introduction, we talked about the new set of energies and the time that we have to do some work, but there are some great life changes. And if you come from your heart center and create that positive and loving being, you can move forward. And I know that my experience over the last couple of weeks that I'd like to share is that I'm on social media, just like most people. I mean, I'm not, not aware of what's happening in the news. And interestingly enough, I made a actual decision, a choice, not to engage in that anger. And whilst having said that, what I did find, especially over the last, I would say the last three weeks, I could feel that anger that was coming out in all of the things that are very tumultuous in our environment today, whether it be politics, religion, what's happening in the news. I found it affecting me in my energy. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, I'd sit back and say, why are you feeling the way you're feeling? What is this angst? And I had nothing to be personally angst about. And yet, I was feeling this low energy. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm not actively engaging, and yet I'm being engaged. Mm -hmm. And something came to mind, and that was the, the concept that I often think of. There are no coincidences in life mm. where God moves us and our energies move us often working in tandem. So everything shows up for a particular reason. Mm -hmm. And I think, Martin, you mentioned a couple of times, and Ron, I know you've mentioned as well about the shadow side. And I think that a lot of what we've been seeing over the last number of months, weeks, 
has been the shadow side, things that we cannot ignore, things that we cannot bury our heads and say it's not happening. It is happening. But what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. And where my head went, and, and maybe this is where my conflict, my personal conflict was, is that I was not engaging in the anger, and yet I was feeling unsettled. And that caused me some preponderance. <laughs> What's going on here? I found that as I looked at it, reflected back, it was shifting me, at least I believe I'm being shifted to being put into situations that are actually meant to be, Mm -hmm. to face those shadows, to face that darkness. And then I have a choice about what I want to do with it. I can tell you that my experience, well, I mean, I'm experiencing everything that everyone else in the world is experiencing on so many levels, for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. But I actually looked at, I think I mentioned previously when we were talking, gentlemen, that there was a hardship that happened where I work. Mm-hmm. As horrific as it was, a young girl passing on too early in time, what I took from that was what is that happening meant to show us? Mm-hmm. And what I felt was this abundance of community and love and how people came together. So from my perspective, I'm, I'm looking at almost like the cup half full. I think, Martin, it goes back to your introduction about these positive energies. How exciting is this? And what great times we're in for. And I look at these situations and I think, wow, I am learning so much about how to move through the angst, the anger, the fear, all of those paradigms and make that shift to what is the outcome of this? What relationships am I building as a result of some really tumultuous and truth be told, very, very difficult time. But how do you take the positive and how do you move forward from that? Uh And I'm finding that this is what, and I I think that's what I took from Martin's introduction was these are tumultuous times, but they're Mm -hmm. exciting tumultuous times. We have a choice. We're at a fork in the road, guys and, Uh and listeners. We can either go down the path of anger and hatred and We'll just keep that catapulting or we can say, wow, that was really horrific. Mm -hmm. Whilst I may not understand exactly in this moment why, what can I take away from it as a positive outcome and how do I build on that? And that's been my focus. And I got to tell you, it's been really unsettling. It's been a bit of a roller coaster of, wow, this feels awesome to, oh, this is so horrific. Oh, this feels amazing to, oh, this is a little bit solemn oh, what is this? So it's it's very tumultuous. So I think, Mark, your introduction was profound in letting go of all of that yep. and move from your heart. If I may, I'm going to mention you here, Karen. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is, I'm always afraid of this. No, I'm just no that's okay. I love Martin to death. For the last few weeks at least, I have been, I would say, digging myself into a hole. And my particular hole was American politics in the upcoming election. (laughs) I was getting so tied up in what was going on that something started nagging at me, saying, that's not going in the right direction. Why are you going in that direction? That's not going in the right direction. And I didn't listen. So one time, what was it, three, four days ago, uh, Karen, you said when we were talking that exactly what you just were talking about. And you decided not to become part of that. Right. And that we should move from a positive direction. Why does everyone always have to be negative? Why can't we bring in where we should be going and positive 
rather than just swearing at other people and telling them off and what they're how much of an idiot they are and everything else. <laughs> right. And I listened to that and I thought about it. And then in an email I got the other day, I actually retorted back about the candidate they were semi-supporting and not one I would support. And between Karen's statement of a few days before and me doing that, I realized that I had totally dug myself into a hole. And I kept thinking that if I dig more, I'll get out of it. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> it really woke me up in many ways. And I'll read something that I put up on a Facebook page uh, article here. It's on Sovereign Self um, Facebook page. It was a piece called Wake Up World by Zen Gardner. And he said, for some reason, we wrap our identity around what we participate in. Even though we have clearly found out that we each are the captain of our own sovereign ship, we still keep running around the deck and want to know every detail and everything about it and get all, well, it's not exactly what he said, but off kilter. And he asked, where's the cutoff point? When is enough enough? And he said, never, but only if we're operating in their system. And that's what it's designed to be, a vortex. Entertain it and you become it. New and fanciful ways, but part of it we are when we do this. When we're caught in the fascination loop and get caught up with it, we become part of it. And this is where other forces are in full play. So our seeming reasons for being there are even convoluted within their false paradigm. Right. So at every level, he says, we are not strong enough to operate in this field. It requires a dumbed-down vibrational change to be on their level. And at that level, we are destined to lose, even if we appear to be so-called winning. It's a trap. <laughs> and I agree from that statement. It is a trap. It that is. Too many of us are being caught up in, including me. I was caught up in it. There's no doubt about it. And whether it be politics, religion, societal, or just our own personal acts to grind. Is it not time to expand ourselves beyond these negative events? It is important to be conscious of that, time to observe and become more aware, become our sovereign self, and come from our heart, not your hate. Mm -hmm. I thank you, Karen, for helping me get there. <laughs> oh, Martin, you know what? We're on this journey together. The three of us and our listeners, we're on this journey together. Yeah. So it's by no coincidence that we go through this. And that's why you picked the people in your, to coin a phrase from David G, to pick your front row. And that's those that are important to you, those that really mean something to you. And I have the pleasure of being on this amazing show with two people in my front row. <clears throat> well, you know, what's, you know what's good about having you and Ron in the front row? Every once in a while, it's easier for you to hit me with spitballs and sort of make you wake up and pay attention. <laughs> I was, was going to say, because you're taller than both of us, but okay. <laughs> I also want to comment, weigh in on this too, because I think what you've hit upon is extremely important considering where humanity is with their ascension process. Today, we are seeing, we're in the midst of what I call Armageddon, which is if you were to look at that phrase, it is the, the great revealing, which means that we are in the age of the whistleblower, people who are unveiling all of the hidden aspects and the darkness that various organizations within humanity have been trying to keep away from public knowledge. What goes on behind closed doors? Exactly. Yeah. So there is a lot that is coming up. Now, I've said before on other shows, you must remain the observer in order to be able to view what is uh, going yes. on in the dark and not become part of it. 
the moment you emotionally react to anything that is part of the drama that is out there is the moment you become one of the actors within it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, Ron, it's an interesting concept because uh, I said earlier, even though I was not engaging verbally or outwardly, yeah. I was internalizing all of it because I was reading everything. Mm-hmm. Of course. I was Watch watching it. it all, but it was just not settling with me. No. And the only way I could make it settle with me over time, and it didn't happen overnight, it happened over a period of probably a couple of months, but I had to figure out for myself personally, how do I take all of this knowledge, as you've just talked about, Ron, and how do I say, okay, this is the Armageddon, this is the stuff that is not really pretty, but Uh-oh. what do we do with it rather than dwell on it? What do we do with it to move us forward? And I'm a firm believer, and I've said this before, in the whole concept of the energy and the ripple effect. I think that personally, each of us as individuals can do things, and I know we all do daily, things that are very positive, that actually have an effect on someone else. You know, we can take it very simplified, where you drive through the Tim Hortons drive through You can choose to order your coffee and give them the money and get your, your food or your drink and say nothing. Or you can say, good morning, how are you? Mm -hmm. And that will have, I believe, a strong ripple effect. Now, as this stuff is unfolding and as everything is unfolding before us, Mm -hmm. we have to, I believe, we have to be more conscious of doing those kinds of things so that the ripple gets larger, more consistent. Yes, and these little things that you can do for yourself will have the effect of keeping you heart-centered. Yes. That is ultimately Absolutely. always be simply heart centered. If you are there constantly 24 7, you become the observer. None of this will affect you. Right. You will, what's that kind of phrase? You will go where angels fear to tread? Yes. Yeah. Simply because you are being heart centered, that you, yeah. you, you're not being knocked off your heart center. But you're right. It is so easy to slide especially when everything is out there from the news, from people in general, all being focused on the drama and not recognizing the fact that they are sovereign identities mm-hmm. that can actually choose what it is they want mm-hmm. to make real and happen in their world. Absolutely. You, you can choose the negative drama and there is nothing quote unquote wrong with that. Be aware if it's joy that you're wanting in your life, Choosing to be a part of the drama may not bring you that joy you're looking for. Right. Well, I want to say to that, I found out that it'd be very true because in the last couple of weeks when I was moving into the drama and during the period when my intuition was telling me that's not the right way to go, but I still did it anyway, in that three, four days when I was still not paying attention to it, my intuition and higher messaging, mm-hmm. things began falling apart a bit. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it and going, okay, I don't usually have, why did this problem come up? Why did that come up? Why did this come up? And I can tell you that with the night that I wrote that article saying I wasn't going to do that game anymore, and this is why we shouldn't, and explained why, and cleared it out of myself and moved to the positive. It's amazing, I, I'm isn't not it? kidding. The next morning, all those problems disappeared oh. in the morning. Mm-hmm. It is amazing how quick. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. in exact what most New Agers refer to as miracles, yeah, where you have no idea, you don't know the steps that the miracle took from A to Z, but you just know that it jumped from A to Z without oh, yeah. to go yeah. through the rest of the, the alphabet yeah. in order to manifest the miracle. I just looked at it and said, thank you. 
and I recognize that it was my shift in my energy and not being negative uh-huh. Uh-huh. to the positive that literally turned it around overnight. Yeah. In fact, I usually tell people if you're engaging, if you're looking at this point at anything of the negative and your instant reaction, it is not one of this person needs my love and attention and forgiveness for what this person is doing, then know that you're falling and you're sliding into becoming a player. Exactly. So always, always, always ask, what would God do with this? Well said, Ron. If God is a loving being, the only true reaction would be for me to follow what I believe God to be and not make real the the denseness and the anger and the fear that these people are engaged in. To be able to see anything that is held within the dark with true forgiveness and love only is the only true response. Yep. No, I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. And I would mention here, though, that as well, because I want to get back to this just for a moment, because I want to get some understanding, and I'm sure you guys will enlighten me on this. Even though I was not engaging in it, it was having an effect on me. Oh, yes. Yeah. You have have empathy, my dear. (laughs) (laughs) And empathy means that when you see something like that, you have empathy. (laughs) But Karen, when you say you're not engaging in it, Okay, to what extent are you referring? Because clearly when you're thinking about anything, thought is substance, thought is real. Mm -hmm. So even with a thought, you're engaging in something. So you might not be physically thinking uh, or mentally thinking that you're engaging in what it is that you're observing. In physics, quantum mechanics, they even say simply observing something affects it. Sure. And in the words of Gandhi, your actions... Your thoughts become your actions or your thoughts become your words and so on and so forth. So in that sense, you are sort of engaging in the drama because you're observing it. Right. And and here was my dilemma, Ron. You're absolutely correct, and that's a great question. I felt that because I did not respond, Mm. I was not engaging. But truth be told, I had an emotional response. Make no mistake that although I did not type it out, uh-huh. Did not say it out. Mm-hmm. I or, or, felt or maybe, it. Or maybe you weren't even aware of the conscious thought that created the slide in emotion. Well, actually, you know what, and Ron, that's an interesting thought because as I reflected upon it, yeah. and as I was reading what I was reading, truth be told, I actually verbalized a response uh-huh. in my head. Yes. And that was affecting me. And was I'm it, thinking, it wasn't loving, I take it. Well, you know what? That's a great question, Martin. Yes yes and no. It was, I agree or disagree, and then therefore I'm being very judgmental. But mm-hmm. I wasn't moving to the observer state. Mm-hmm. I was not, my emotions were not there. My emotions were very much about, yeah, I disagree with this too, but I'm not going to say anything because I think I'm just perpetuating more of the worst. But what I didn't do, and it's a great point, Martin, I did not move to, I am watching you. Yeah. I am I was, becoming part of it. Yeah. The, the other thing that I think is good, and Ron said it many times before, is I remember this, not always, but I try to, mm-hmm. is when you see someone that's doing something that you don't agree with, you look at it and go, okay, well, that's where they're coming from. Bless yeah. them. Just bless them. Yeah. And move on from it. You, you recognize it's not who you want to be. But bless them anyway and move on. 
Yeah, it's not well. I don't mean bless them anyway. Bless them. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing of it is, Martin, is in many ways, if you try to change the pattern or the behavior of the person you're observing, sorry, you're not going to be very active. You won't be. You won't. Which is why one of the things that I have I've recognized with masters as they become more of a master, mm. they engage less and less and less in the drama. Yes. From my perspective, Ron, what I've done in this last couple of weeks is as I'm viewing this and trying harder and harder to move to that observer mode, mm-hmm. it's remove the judgment as best I can. And I'm human like everybody else. But then I always take my head and my soul to what is this that I'm seeing and why am I seeing it? Cause I'm seeing it for a reason. And what can I do to make things more positive for what I'm seeing? And I think I struggled there a little bit, but that's where my head went. I see this. I don't like it. I'm engaging in it, although I'm not participating in it. I'm engaging because I'm reading it, and yet it's not where I want to be, so what do I do? And it was at that moment, several moments, several strands of moments pulled together that said, move forward, figure out what this is telling you that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then I just moved full speed ahead in that perspective. Here's an example, observing something that is negative, for instance, especially in the political arena down with regards to the division between the Muslims and the Catholic and this push to to ignite a third world war, which will all be based on religious intolerance and differences. If you witness an event where clearly there is religious intolerance that's involved and there is a separation that is being created as a result of this, looking at that will only continue to reinforce it. You need to flip to the joy side mm-hmm. and find something to be joyful about. So if it is regarding a division between relig- religious ideologies, then go to a mosque and celebrate. The idea would be to celebrate the similarities between the two relig- mm-hmm. religions and celebrate that. So that you're looking at the dark, you're seeing where some of these events are occurring, but in order to maintain that heart-centeredness, it's telling you, well, what is the opposite of separation, but unity. So do something that would unify it, unity in whatever shape or form it could be, but do something and celebrate the unity. Feel the joy that that brings you. That will do more to balance the negative than as what Martin has been doing, sometimes engaging in the negative to try to get them to change their ways. As I said before, you can lead a horse to water, but you, can, you can't you can make them drink. Well, yeah. as we've always said, it always comes from within. We are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we all have free will and free choice. Yes. And we can choose to do what we want to do. We can either lead by example. We will fall over ourselves sometimes. I mean, we're all human. And that's part of the free will. And that's part of the journey. But as you progress through that, for me, it's about where do you want to engage? And how do you want to engage? And from my perspective, I want to engage in something that says, yeah, this may not be great. How do we interact on our own personal level? And I always take it to a personal level. Yeah. And I would say that with those two sets of comments, first, Ron, Karen's, that if you look at Ron's suggestion 
of going to a mosque and celebrating with them and uh, behaving differently towards people that we are being told by so many we should hate. If you find that prospect particularly difficult, the more difficult you find it is just a higher indication of how much you've gone down a road to hate away from heart. Exactly. This is where a lot of people are going. As Karen said, it's a matter of moving to the positive Uh and moving yourself out of that negativity Uh to a place of positive and don't get caught up in all that. It doesn't mean, and as you said, Martin, it's moving to the positivity, but I want our listeners to understand it doesn't mean that we're saying we, we don't acknowledge that there's negative stuff out there. Right. There is. Yeah. And when you move towards the positive, when you decide within yourself where you want to go, does not mean you're oblivious to what's happening in the world, does not mean you negate what's happening in the world. All very clear on that. But when you move from your heart center, you will be able to engage others along the way. There's the other thing too, is that if you look at, just using that example again, the animosity between, I guess, mainly the Christians in the West and the Muslims Mm -hmm. in the Middle East, for instance, if you are looking at that and following the route of, you know, kill them all, don't let them in, all of this route, this is exactly their thoughts generally for the ones that are attacking us about us. Mm-hmm. Don't accept them, don't put up with how they live. And if you follow that through and keep making that worse to where it becomes more and more animosity and attack them, kill them and everything else, is that going to really lead the world to any good spot? Do we really think, if you hate Muslims that much, that you could possibly kill a billion of them? It's a non-win situation. So if you're moving down a route that'll just cause more disaster around the world, continued killing and strife, and it's a non-winning event, why are you even moving there? I believe that moving to the heart center and positivity is the only way out of it, because the hate mode will just make the world a disaster. I want to add something here. Within the New Age, there is this propensity to avoid looking at the dark at all cost. Yeah. And it's a syndrome that that has been coined being love, light, and clueless. There is this propensity within the New Age community to want to ignore the darkness completely for fear that they're adding their energies to it. And this, as far as I'm concerned, is oversimplification of the entire process of manifestation. When you're observing the darkness and you're in your observer mode, what you are doing is adding intelligence to what it is that you're going to want to create when you decide you're going to create from joy. If you are simply creating from joy with no observation of the dark, your joy will be, as of what I coined before, will be of the love, light, and clueless category and will not have as much of an impact on the rest of the world as you might want. What I'm trying to get at then is when you're observing the darkness, and as I, as I pointed out earlier, the differences between religions and you're seeing anger and hate and judgment with regards to religious intolerance. If you decide you're going to be respectful and go and create an event surrounding the joining of religious sameness and religious um, tolerance of each other, your creation 
will be that much more effective because people will actually see exactly what it is that you're creating based on what you have observed. So observation of the negative aspects of what we're seeing on our planet today can hold value in the sense that it will help you structure the joyful events that you want to manifest in your in your life and add that much more wisdom and intelligence to it. Observing negativity doesn't make people more aware of actually what is occurring. Mm-hmm. And once the you only- realize what's occurring, then you can think of ways to unoccur it. That's right. <laughs> but, but the problem being is that most people don't recognize the point at which they begin to slide and become a part of an actual player in and an actor in the drama themselves. Yes, that's true. You'd have to have the wisdom of knowing, oh, I'm getting emotionally, I'm seeing that I'm judging this person, so clearly I'm following, I am not, I'm not in my forgiveness mode. Right. And clearly, I creating from that mode will only continue to add to the darkness of which I'm trying to move away from. Yes, because if as soon as you say, but oh, they're horrible people, or yeah. they're this, or they're that, no, I don't want them about, that you're, you've sunk into that mode already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as you say they or them, you've, yep. you've elicited separation. I often ask myself two questions. What can I do today in my life? in my world or community that I can make a positive difference. Second question that I ask myself is how or am I engaging in negativity and own it, own it. So whatever answers come up and it's like, Whoa, Oh yeah, you did that. Stop it. That's the hard part though. Cause yeah. With owning something comes a huge degree of self-forgiveness. Then well, you enter the fires of trying to forgive yourself for, for it because we're so hard on ourselves. It, yeah. it does, Ron, but it's it's a part of the path that we have to go through. And you'll oh, notice I didn't... It's the key I, to the to, it's Yeah. It's what and it had nothing to do with anybody else. My questions were, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Had nothing to do with anybody else. It had everything to do with what I'm doing. Yeah. So that puts everybody on the same playing field, and it's a, it's a tough one. It's, it's well, not and, easy. And as I said in the introduction, this is the time, these two weeks. It's a time of major life changes for your, mm-hmm. each of us individually. We have to do those. And time to take a new direction. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at negativity and hate that you're not comfortable with within yourself, this is the time to change and mm-hmm. start moving in a new direction. And anything you can do in that direction with all the energies coming through, will be magnified and you will be helped immensely in getting there. But you do have to focus on it. Yes. And you do have to decide which direction you're going to take. And I think when we talk about, Ron, as you made a good point, forgiveness, self-forgiveness is very, very difficult. Cool. But acknowledgement is very, very difficult. Of course. Yeah. So but, but half, that- halfway through acknowledgement or halfway through the process, once you've acknowledged, you're halfway there. So now you just get to the little extra step. And you, I, I think for our listeners, for me, for, for all of us, you're halfway there. And those people that you count on will help you get to the next level. Yeah. I, th- I think that's pro- probably one of the most difficult aspects of this, of be- becoming your sovereign self, is the self-forgiveness for your engagement in the dark. Because everybody has. You, you couldn't be on this planet without having... We all do it. In the first place, yes. Yeah. We so do to 
gradually ascend into something more whole and more unifying, it's the self-forgiveness which becomes the most difficult because, the, again, most people believe in the victim-victimizer roles that is so pervasive on our planet today. And to even suggest that you can become a master and you can step away from be- playing the victim and the victimizer role, which has been so ingrained into our species for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, that that it is very difficult work. It is very difficult work to, to accomplish. For sure. So I encourage myself. I'm encouraging myself first, and I'm encouraging all of our listeners to embrace and be really happy that you acknowledged something, because mm-hmm. that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Yes. Changing and it is the hard part. It's interesting. I mean, we've said it before. I always look on negativity when I recognize it. It's one of those things we live in a dichotomous world, but it's like you don't understand the light without the darkness. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When you see negativity in yourself and you're going, ooh, yeah, I really shouldn't keep going in that direction or keep doing that. I want to change. Thank it. Have gratitude for it because it enabled you to recognize what you didn't want to be, which enables you even more capable of changing to what you want to be. Because without it, you may not have got there. (laughs) And how cool is that, Martin? You know, my cousin, he does a lot of work on forgiveness and so on and so forth. And one of the things he talks about is when you miss the mark, it's not a failure. It's, aha, I missed it. And give yourself gratitude for having acknowledged that you missed the mark. Yes. That's really cool. And then you get to move on and say, Now, let me move forward to work towards hitting the mark that I want. And let's face it, when you're talking about opposites, the dark and the light, and that in order to understand the light, you wouldn't necessarily need to be a part of the dark or have experienced the dark. Even that state of being is only down at this level of the time matrix. Once you begin to ascend, it becomes lighter and lighter and less you will need opposite expression in order to fully embrace the path of joy. Yeah. Sort of look at it this way. There are in many people little little shadows, as we say. Mm -hmm. And when you find one, you can look at it and go, I don't want to be that. I want to move to this and move into light and let the light outshine the shadow. And every time you do it, there's another little shadow piece gone. So you move more into total light, more into total light. Mm-hmm. Until you don't need to move into light anymore because you are in light. Well, I've, of the light. I've often also looked at it this way and said that typically speaking, we are these little dark orbs. And that we, once we begin to embrace the light, we start to poke holes in this darkness and then the light shines out. Yes. So eventually you will get cracks and little crevices and the light begins to expand in more holes. Uh, fractures and eventually the entire globe of darkness can be transformed yes you become light you become the light you become who you typically are and you shed the armor of fear you've encased yourself in over lifetime after lifetime after lifetime yeah because the center of who we are is love and light absolutely it's Mm -hmm. it's light and and it's there for everyone it's there Mm -hmm. all the time it is part of who we are Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. I like that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that 
given this time of high energy and the abilities to move more in that direction. Mm-hmm. You have to remember, it's a wonderful time. This time is a gift. Mm-hmm. Give thanks for it. Think about it. As I said in the introduction, celebrate our move to ascension. It's important to keep that vision and that goal of you want to be the light mm-hmm. and not dwell on, oh, I've got so much darkness. Move it the other way mm-hmm. and set a vision and a goal for being the light, being love, coming from your heart. It will help you just by doing that to get there because it sets your mental state as to where you're going. Yes, yes. So it's important to do that as well. So it's it's not always just focusing on what's negative and whatnot, but you have to have a greater vision of, no, I'm moving towards this being a person of light. That's important too on the other side. It sort of builds a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on this topic? I'm wondering when our listeners, and we have so many engaged listeners, but I'd love to, and I think we'd all love to hear what you guys are thinking about these tumultuous times. This is a very exciting show for us because we've got this window of opportunity that is very, very exciting. And yes, there will be other windows. There's always other windows. But what are we going to do with this window? Oh, good point. And I'd be excited to know what we're going to do with this window. Astrology over time has always given us these opportunities. And Martin, I think you said earlier that this is the first time for the so, dimensional opening. For this opening. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this is invigorating people. Are, are people engaging in this? What do you think about this? What are you doing to make yourself and your community move further ahead into this ascension? Yeah. Now, the only thing I'd say there is I would say in this particular period, they did say it was important to connect internally with Mm-hmm. And I know you've said right. it many yes. times, Karen, there are many forms of meditation. Yes. You can use meditation, have more peaceful times to yourself, so that you can move yourself into peace and harmony. Yeah. And quite frankly, if that means turning off all the news, so you're not affected by it, do it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's right in the middle of it, so you've got a week. What's a week without all this stuff? And, and you know what? The truth be told, Martin, and that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it up, because... Yes, I I talk about meditation a lot. Am I an avid meditator? Here's my confession, guys. (laughs) Now, here's Ron chuckling because he knows. We're not perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't meditate all the time. However, now having said that, I don't meditate the half hour they say you should. But do I meditate? Absolutely. But I meditate through what works for me. And I would encourage all of our listeners to do what works for you. And it doesn't mean some, not that it's good or bad or indifferent. I love guided meditations. I love walking meditations. For me, what works best for me, and that's just me personally, and it may not even resonate with anybody else, it's breathing meditation. And that might be two seconds at a time, if that's all I can do. It could be three minutes at a time. It could be 10 minutes at a time. I never berate myself for, oh, you didn't do your half-hour meditation today. Yeah. Well, it's curious. I have a taxi driver who takes me to work, not all the time, but many days a week. And he hasn't been around for a couple of days, but he did pick me up this morning. He said, sorry, I wasn't around for the last couple of days. 
but I just had to get away. Mm-hmm. And he said, I drove to a part in the city where there's a lovely big park, and it's sort of a wild area. It's one of the ravines. And he said, I just had to go down and sit in the trees, look at the creek, and just sort of relax. Mm-hmm. And he said, I sat there for a couple of hours. He said, I loved it. He said, I just had to get away from it all and just absorb all that. He couldn't even articulate why things were not feeling right to him. He just knew he had to move into that. As he said, he found some peace with it. So, And then we talked about peace and harmony. But here's a guy who knew it intuitively, that he just had a feeling he had to get away. And do Beautiful. So if anyone has that feeling, try and do that the next mm-hmm. week. Try and get away and feel that half hour, hour, whatever you can do for whatever works for you. And in this case, he had to go to a, a park and sit quietly. And uh, let's face it, no one but yourself can determine when it is that you've had enough of the news. Yes. Only you can determine at what stress level you can endure, and then eventually you need to find anything, whether that be meditation, whether that be driving in a car somewhere. Some people find that as a form of stress release. The Mm -hmm. idea, of course, is always to reduce the stress level in order for you to get back to your center. Right. Ultimately, silence is. Oh, it's a very good thing. It's ultimately it's silence, mm-hmm. uh, I believe. But I'm not imposing that upon anyone. But where you find your silence is up to you. If you choose to believe that silence is a way to go, and mm-hmm. that's completely everyone's person, you know, everyone gets their opportunity to decide what what works for them. Mm-hmm. But that could be silence in nature. That could be silence in a mall. That could be silence in the confines of your own home. Mm-hmm. That could be silence on a backyard patio. It depends on what works for you. And when Karen says, folks, with regards to meditation being a form of silence, what you're trying to do is reduce, and by no means is it possible to completely eliminate, all thought. It is the thought that you are trying to reduce as much as possible, because mm-hmm. with the thought, And if you have a lot of thoughts going through your head, you will engage those thoughts emotionally and there you've lost your center. So the idea with meditation would be to reduce the the amount of thinking that you are doing for a specific amount of time. That you'll be completely successful of having no thoughts for 10, 15 minutes. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) It's it's, it's virtually impossible. It's not the the nature of... Unless you're dead. Unless you're dead. (laughs) And well, even then you'll have thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> even there you're, you'll be engaging yeah. with thought. The idea is to minimize the amount of thinking that yeah. you're engaging in. And it's amazing when I do that for myself, when I come out of that, how much clearer your yeah. thinking will become. The more you engage in reduction of thinking has the adverse effect of clear, giving you clear mind so that your thinking then becomes razor sharp and mm-hmm. that much more powerful. Yeah. People forget that all this turmoil and everything else just confuses the mind after a while. Okay. You really do have to clear out your mind and start slowly putting it aside. Just sitting and putting it all aside so you go in. Yeah. And you bring yourself to your own peace and harmony in that situation. It's whatever works for you. And I know you some what is it you were on that said to Karen, you can do it at home. Yes, yeah, I, I do it at home all the time. Yeah, you could be in the shower, you can be in the bath. Yep. Quite frankly, you could be doing it while you're doing dishes. That's yeah. my favorite. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can dishes tune everything out because 
that becomes automotive. It's almost personal. Doing it now where I deliberately don't do the dishes the night before so that when I come home from a stressful day at work, I can do my meditation while doing the dishes from the day before. Perfect. It's personal. It's absolutely personal. Mm -hmm. It's not there's a right way, there's a wrong way. Should your chakras be aligned? Should you be in a yoga position? Should you be lying down? It doesn't matter. No. Whatever works for you. And it's not wrong to explore these ideas. Yeah. But as you said, you just said, it is whatever that works for you. Yeah. Explore a whole bunch of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Explore. Have fun with it. Before we go any further, we are at the virtually at the end of the program. No, I want to keep talking. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we do appreciate you more than you know. The energies this week are immensely strong, and they are for you. Do try to find some peace and harmony within yourself and keep the vision coming from your heart as to where you want to go. And you will find it will be ultimately amazing. This week is another chance for all of us to expand out into our greater and higher selves. Don't let this week go. Uh, There will be more, but we don't know when. And why not take the opportunity while it is in front of us? And with that, I wish you all a fabulous and successful week. And don't forget to go on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. And all I want to add to that, Martin, is that you in in this coming week you may also want to journal and write out what it is that your joy would have you manifest yes and with that have a wonderful week (laughs) all i can add is much love folks we love you dearly thank you for listening to the sovereign self we will be back with another show that will celebrate the beauty and perseverance of you and your sovereign self If you would like more information or to send questions to Martin, Karen or Ron, please go to their Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Sovereign Self. See you next week.